0: Tuesday morning, time once again for the Into greatness podcast, where Jolene and I attempt to help you achieve your inner and outer greatness in this life. How are you, Jolene? Oh, I'm good this morning. How are you? I'm tired this morning, actually, um, which is good because we're talking about sleep or lack thereof and how that affects your health and mood. But um, I've never been a great sleeper ever, like in my whole life. So I'm really excited when I get like seven hours of sleep. Like that's really, really good for me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling quasi refreshed with seven hours, but I rarely get that. And I've been using a sleep tracker um, on my watch for, that I got last Christmas. So it's been interesting to kind of watch my sleep patterns and what affects them during the day or how diet affects the sleep patterns or too much alcohol or no alcohol and all that. So it's been a fascinating journey. How are you for sleeping? Like, how do you sleep? You seem to be one of those gals that's up late. And then up early since I've known you anyways.
1: (laughs) Boom, nailed it. Not by choice though. So prior to having kids, uh, I would kind of, I was like a a. 6am waker and like a 9.30, 10 bedtime and it was pretty consistent. Uh, And then once I had kids, I started living off three or four hours of sleep a night. (laughs) My son wasn't a sleeper. So I like sat up in a rocking chair with him for like 18 months. So that changed everything. And because I just kind of want to be in my own head at night. And because, you know, I'd try and go to bed at 1030 and then, you know, one of the kids would wake up at 11. It was really hard to fall asleep for 10 minutes and then wake up and be jarred and kind of that thing. So I just started staying awake for those wake ups kind of thing. So my circadian rhythm is really messed. And I try really hard like to fall asleep by 10 30 11. But it just is like, there we go. Midnight's my hour. That's just my hour. And it, uh, it, it it's not ideal. I like sleep is probably one of the biggest things I for sure need to work on in my life and discipline more and Uh, that I'm very aware of that, but I'm also not like a super tired person either. So I naturally wake up early because of my kids as well. Actually, my dog is more notorious for that around five o'clock and in between the midnight and five, I probably get two or three wake ups from anybody in the house, including the dog and the cat. Right. So, um, yeah, it's very interrupted. And when you were like seven hours, I almost started drooling. I was like, (laughs) me. So I mean, again, talk to me when I'm an old lady with Alzheimer's and whatever the effects of all this are going to be. Definitely for me, I noticed that it's really hard for me to lose weight when I'm not sleeping well. Um, That's like one of the biggest things because your body isn't in that restorative state. And I'll talk about that a little later in the podcast here about the different stages, but you're in like a higher stress state as well. So I see all the places that it impacts, including my cravings throughout the day, nutritionally and all that kind of stuff. Right. But essentially my sleep is very externally influenced because of my life um, and then I even recognize on times that I don't have those interruptions those patterns still play through and it's really difficult to even just kind of sleep through the night so I'm grateful when I get five hours super grateful when I get six not really sure what to do if I get seven kind of thing
0: <laughs> <laughs> that'll probably feel like you had like the best sleep in the world even if you didn't it just it was longer right and that's Earth. what I've noticed because there are the stages right there's light deep and REM mm-hmm. and I usually get, and you need about an hour to an hour and a half of, of deep and you need about an hour, hour and a half of REM to be really restored. And REM is like the soup. The, it's when your brain's sorting all its shit out. And so that's super important to get lots of REM. And then the deep is where your body kind of heals itself. And it's interesting. Um, I remember I was on a trip in over, early in the summer and uh, I, I got eight hours of sleep. I did. But I got five minutes of deep sleep, less than, third, less than an hour of REM. And I looked at, because it can rate my stress, your heart rate and stress level. By, I, I averaged at about like a moderate stress level throughout the night. So I only got even like an hour or two of complete rest. But I was in bed for eight hours technically sleeping. But I'd eaten this super rich spicy meal. And my body was trying to process it. So my body was in already this fighting stage to try to just process all this crap that I ate. And it totally just blew my whole sleep apart. Even though I got the eight hours, everyone's like, you need eight, you're going to be fine. I was like, no, 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 no. I didn't get any rest at all for eight hours of sleep. It was interesting to watch that.
1: Yes, quality over quantity. And that is because I could not add more time to my night. I started looking the same way you did in tracking, like I did it on my Fitbit, Um, I started tracking sleep cycles. So I'll give some people some background on the sleep cycles. So your light sleep stage, um, that's primarily what you're getting most of. Okay. And that's just when like your muscles are slowly uh, starting to relax. And then you almost get a bit of that like body jerk moments in, in those times. Your body temperature drops, your heart rate drops, you start to transition between cycles that will happen between your deep sleep and your REM sleep and those kinds of things. And you're going to be a little more alert into like being easily woken in those stages and stuff. But that's just like a, a like a like a moderate resting kind of stage. Your deep sleep stage, like you said, those are stages like three and four of sleep. So that's when your blood pressure really starts to drop. Blood flow increases to your muscles. So you're getting way more restorative stuff. Your growth hormones are released. Tissues and cell repair occurs. This is so important when we're really looking at that repair of the body repair of cellular level stuff as well right um, one of the really fascinating things is like your brain starts to flush wastes and 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 your brain waves like they study this through brain waves and things like that and we're in a deeper sleep so it's a little less a little little harder to wake up but if we do we're a lot groggier kind of thing the rem sleep and and deep sleep i'm going to tell you when i don't get as much deep sleep Um, I really try and get the equivalent of that in my daily life, which I talked about in the meditation episode. So you can have like, 10 minutes of meditation, and the effects of that on your body is like, you know, half an hour to an hour of deep sleep in the restorative state that your body goes into. So that's how I try and substitute some of that throughout my day. And that's why meditation is super important for me if I'm not getting it at nighttime. So the REM sleep is your rapid eye movement sleep. So this stage fascinates me because the EMDR work that I do is all very similar to REM sleep. And that's when we're processing information and REM sleep actually helps with depression anxiety helps with memory because it is it's a sorting and processing of all of those things so that's when respiration increases believe it or not heart rate increases a little bit we get more into like an active state Um, temperature regulators switched off vivid dreams may occur that's very much our dreaming state the body becomes immobile to stop you from acting out your dreams Um, so you can see how that shifts in like the the blood flow to the muscles in the deep sleep And then again, like I said, there was just uh, benefits to learning and mood and all of those things. What really fascinates me is when I um, get people to start tracking um, their sleep cycles after EMDR sessions. Um, There's definitely some shifts. I do it on myself. After I do some EMDR sessions, I track my cycles. And I also did that when I recorded my deep sleep meditation. I actually like tracked it for a good two weeks to see if using that meditation actually did increase my deep sleep and it did. So, So um, people will add a link to that if people want to check that out as well. But for me, it was definitely about trying to hit more of those stages. If I'm not going to be in bed as long, how do I maximize the time that I have? And like you said, Jason, eating certain things before bed, if our blood sugars are spiking and our body's busy trying to digest what's in our system, we are not going to be in a restorative state because it's still working. Some people do find that when they eat like a high protein snack before dinner, that actually helps them get into a deep sleep and it kind of satisfies their body. So this is where people intuitively have to kind of like get to know their body and almost like, um, just experiment and see, just like you did. Like, yeah, I got the eight hours, but then I looked and then you can see like how restless was my sleep. Like, it's amazing how sometimes the resting heart rate is super high. Most of the night. And you're like, what the hell was going on last night? Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. And
0: I, I've noticed that a lot since I've been tracked, which is almost a year now, Year Christmas, um, and yeah, and it's fascinating. And then how other stuff like alcohol, or if you smoke some pot before bed or whatever, right? Cause I find if I, and I don't very much, especially nowadays, but if I do smoke like a joint at night to kind of, cause I'm not tired, but I need to kind of, it's 11 o'clock and I better get some rest. Um, I get less REM because something in the marijuana prohibits the, the REM sleep. And so it's not as restful, even though I've been sleeping even sometimes then nine hours because it just knocks me on my butt. Um, it's still not as restorative. So it's like the best is just almost the purest, you know, very little, like I can have like a whiskey maybe at like 10 o'clock and that helps slow things down. Take some magnesium hour later, go to bed. And I kind of have the best sleep I can possibly have at that point.
1: Yeah. And the biggest thing is like, how do you relax your body into a non-triggered state before bed? What are you doing before bed? Are you reading things that are activating? Um, Again, blue light blockers are so important because that is the blue light prohibits the uh, release of melatonin, which is our sleep hormone. And then we're not naturally getting that into our system to prep our bodies for nighttime. So we're really hijacking that natural sleep um, inducing state that we can get Into so blue light blockers or turn screens off ideally a couple hours before bed. How many of us are doing that?
0: (laughs) You to any, none, I think.
1: (laughs) It's got wild impacts on our brain that didn't happen 25 years ago. Let's face it, like we just did not have that kind of exposure the same way, right? No one was sitting on cell phones 25 years ago getting that exposure. Um, and even I think our TVs were probably different, you know, old tube TVs. I don't know if we had the same blue
0: light in there or whatever. Right. I don't think so. Cause I know like my folks would watch the news. Like there was the national at 10 o'clock with Peter Mansbridge that dad would watch every night. Then he'd go to bed and he'd just be, he'd be gone. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But
1: His voice was like a little meditative too. Right.
0: It was totally. It just sort of soothes you. It doesn't matter if it's the worst disaster ever. It's like, yeah, I'm so happy right now.
1: <laughs> totally. So thinking about some of those things, right. But um, that's why I'm always a big fan of just like turn a meditation on I proactively just do that. Uh, I have a special EMDR app that I use just to I, I say it's like sweeping the kitchen floor before I go to bed just wake up with a clean slate whether there was something triggered there or not, it'll clean out whatever's there that I'm not aware of but getting your body into a relaxed state, even spending five minutes of just doing some calm stretching before bed, um, you know, read a book, things like that, uh, just to facilitate some healthy for me, it's always like the bath and a meditation, that kind of thing. But essentially, getting your body into a nice, relaxed state. And that's why if you can just play a meditation beside your bed on your phone or something. Um, and again, it's not helpful to have phones and all of those radio waves or Wi Fi waves by your head. So turn your Wi Fi off after I don't know, like, We we kind of can't can't win both ways sometimes. But um, if you just turn the meditation on and have it on an app or something that just shuts off right after, half the time you're going to fall asleep during that meditation, and your body's already naturally relaxed, so it's it's already gotten into that stage. Because most of the time, when our body's getting activated by things, it instantly like our our sympathetic nervous system kicks in so readily, right? And I think uh, I'm thinking to myself right now, any noises there's moms out there sleeping with the baby monitor beside your bed like that shit still haunts me the sound noises all of those things and it was like the sudden wake-ups constantly and like okay if I get in there fast enough it's going to be easier to put them back to sleep like there's like a PTSD around waking up to babies crying and things like that in the middle of the night there really is I still experience it to this day but that really messes with things as well right when you're hyper vigilant to all those little bumps and the night and the sounds and things like that. But essentially getting your body into a nice relaxed state is definitely going to facilitate just kind of a, a deeper movement into those sleep cycles. So what we were going to gonna talk about is like where sleep really is impacting us. And we all know, like, yeah, sleep's important, sleep's this. But like when we're looking at the whole system and we've talked about this in the meditation episode, we talked about this in like the trauma in the body episode as well. But essentially, you know, it's this domino effect of like when one thing is out of balance in our life, many other things are. So our um, desire for more energy, okay, more alertness is going to drive us towards more coffee. More coffee is going to make us more irritable. It's going to speed up our nervous system because it's a stimulant. And we're going to start this vicious cycle of these like peaks and crashes, which is going to impact our mood. It's also impacting our insulin levels and our insulin levels. When they are unstable, we get hangry and we get lots of cravings. And usually it's carb heavy cravings, sugar heavy cravings, and we're continually getting into this spiral and loop like I mentioned, for me is really difficult for me to lose weight, especially around like my midsection, because that's where cortisol really kind of hangs on that stress hormone. Um, if like, if I'm not sleeping well, I look back to like my postpartum days and my, my breastfeeding days, like that's when things were most taxing for me. I actually weighed more breastfeeding than I ever did pregnant. It was the weirdest thing. Um, cause your body, it was just what my body was going through. Right. So really recognizing that, like, On the days that you're sleeping better, is your nutrition better? Is your stress tolerance better? Is your concentration better? All those things, right? And where are you able to tolerate, um, you know, less coffee, more coffee, all these things. Because then if you're having a coffee at two o'clock in the afternoon, that's screwing up your sleep for later on in the day and you just get into this vicious cycle, right?
0: Oh, huge, huge. I remember like my newspaper days. I'm sure I mentioned this in one of the other episodes. Like I would drink six cups of coffee a day. This is a stressful job. And sometimes you're starting at like seven in the morning. You're not finishing till seven. So twelve hour days. But sometimes that last coffee would be at like three, three thirty in the afternoon when you're fighting to get that last story out for deadline, right? And then of course I'm fucked at eleven o'clock at night when I'm trying to go to bed. Like I can't do coffee after about one in the afternoon. I just can't. Even if it's like and now I'm just strictly black, so no sugar, nothing added. But even then, like that is about the maybe two I can push it and I'm okay. But and same with going out for dinner, like you go out for dinner, like I mentioned on that trip, and even just the other day, we went out for anniversary dinner, you go to like a restaurant, where you are eating more, there's more salt, there's more sauces, you know, you're having an extra drink with dinner, and you have like that dessert that you don't need, but you want to because you only go out once or twice a year. And you're just wired for sound, your body's just trying to process all this carbs and sugars and salts. And you're just, I I know, when we do that, I'm just not going to sleep as well that night it's just a given
1: you know it's really interesting when you say that too because all I can think about is when I was in Europe and the difference in their eating patterns there okay so it's really different too because I remember thinking like they don't have an obesity problem over there in the places that I was in um compared to what we have here and they also have like a lot more fresh foods less preserved foods because they don't have as much cupboard space things like that so even their bread like it's all fresh there's no preservatives and in that kind of stuff and kind of thing but their eating is very different so they typically like breakfast is not a big thing there it's not like you don't get like a coffee to go in europe you get like an espresso shot at the bar and then you walk away like it was really interesting they're like what you want this in a cup i was like
0: Like, i'm gonna walk around for an hour with this thing
1: you know like in london like paris for sure was like that um it was it was really interesting to observe that but then Their dinners, their their nighttime supper is much later. It's like seven, eight o'clock. It's very much around socializing. It's a long process. There's you know multiple courses, and it goes later into the evening. They also have two o'clock siesta where shit shuts down in so many areas. Like Italy for sure was like that, but it was really common. And all of a sudden, like you'd be in this space, you're like ready to kind of explore for the day, and you're like everything shut down until five o'clock now, and they yeah they have like this rest period during the day it was very interesting to observe all of that right so recognizing that even those patterns are like culturally dominated too right and um you know in western culture here this is kind of how we operate and we're and we eat so much of our heavy meals at night time too When really you know we could be burning that off during the day and eating lighter at night kind of thing right it's interesting
0: well- Cause yeah, like you should have, and this is, we're going to do a whole episode about our modern culture and how I don't like it. Um, but they got it. They're smarter over there. Cause here we're so, it's, it's, even the whole idea rise and grind and go, go, go and put in your 12 hour day. And then you eat your, like you say, overly gross meal at night, which is too big where you should be having that 11. We went out for lunch and it, my lunch was 2,200 calories. And I'm supposed to eat, I'm pretty active. My max should be about 23 to 2,500. So like one meal killed it, you know? So if you're going to eat a bigger meal, eat it in the morning when you're starting your day, you go out, you do your day and have like a light lunch and then, you know, a moderate dinner, like, you know, and then you'll probably find you sleep better because you're not processing all this
1: and you might not eat as much at dinner i find when i eat like a really satisfying meal halfway through the day um i just don't really reach for much at dinner time if i save that meal until dinner i've already consumed the majority of my calories prior to that right because i got to eat pretty consistently because i get hangry you know (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, me too
1: (laughs) so yeah there's all those pieces right but recognizing just like where that sleep uh, piece really plays in. The other thing is like, who's sleeping beside ya? Um, I know a lot of people like, um, you know, married couples and stuff who have separate bedrooms. So they get more restful sleep. So many people with sleep apnea now, like, and they've got the CPAP machines. Their partners are like, get out of here. Like, I cannot sleep with that. And I think it's so important when we can just like give ourselves that space And that restorative time energetically for me, I definitely like when you're sleeping beside the wrong person, it's not restorative. And, you know, I was in that for a long time. And like when you are supposed to be in your most vulnerable state of being unconscious and like not in control of what's around you, you need to feel safe while you're doing that. So that's like a big piece there, too, because I think there was always a part of me that never fully fell asleep, you know. And then you're, you're also consuming somebody else's stuff around you as well, right? Like, if that person's bothered, if that person is kind of collected for me, energetically, it's, it's a huge, huge piece, right? What like, what kind of energetic dust is that person carrying as well? Because I feel that if that's not kind of cleared out um so even noticing those kinds of things right like how restless is the person beside you all those kinds of things and again like for me like animals like i i have this this amazing cat now that was gifted to my family after our cat died and she's so lovely cuz she's so cuddly but like she pushes me off my bed she's always on me i have this king size bed all to myself and i am like on the edge because no matter how far I move into the center somehow she's pushed me over to the side it's so funny but also very disturbing to my sleep right so yeah there's all these pieces of like what impacts you know I have a big train that like smashes behind my house every night all those kinds of things that just like will disrupt things so some people use sound machines and stuff some people fall asleep to music some people fall asleep to the tv I really encourage you to think about like, are you one of those people that needs the distractions that can't slow your mind down? That's when I tell people to substitute like this EMDR app that I use um, after people have started treatment with me. And it's just like a little maintenance app that has bilateral sounds and that allows them to process things out so that they can fall asleep and their mind isn't racing the same way. And it helps to kind of settle things that way. Because sometimes we're just like distracting over things and we consume so much in our sleep. Our subconscious is so, um, it absorbs a lot of stuff. So you also want to be careful what you're listening to, right?
0: Oh, listening to what you watch before bed or what you, like you said, what you read before reading, I find is probably one of the best things that I can do. Cause again, the, 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 the watch, I can track my heart rate Mm
1: -hmm. and my heart
0: rate while reading before bed, especially if I'm in bed. So I don't have to get up and walk upstairs to go to bed because that just gets the heart rate right back up. I can get it down to like a, a 45 beats per minute, which is almost my sleep state anyways. And so you just, I'm tired, close the book, put it down, take off the glasses, roll over, to my light. And I'm sure. out. that's yeah. one of the best. I don't do that enough, but I find that's usually when I'm in the setup because otherwise I'm I'll I used to be with that kid that would have to go to bed at nine because it would take me till 1030 to fall asleep. Mm. Right. They
1: all- Yeah, totally. They also say that. um, And that's the other thing. I think if you are spending a lot of time trying to fall asleep, get your ass out of bed, reset the whole thing. Don't sit there frustrated and look at the clock and what, you know, Oh, now I'm losing another hour. Now it's only going to be four hours. Now it's only going to be, you know, get yourself up out of bed, go to the bathroom, have a glass of water, come back and start again. I'm a big, big believer in a bit of that just to kind of clear things out. And again, just by habit, turn on a meditation, go to my website, turn on the deep sleep meditation. And what's worst case scenario, you're not asleep, but you're relaxed at the end of it. But most of the time, you're going to fall asleep during them at some point, because you're just able to kind of focus on that one thing. And your body starts doing what it's suggested to do. It's all guided, right. And almost like with a with a yoga nidra kind of guidance. Um, So your body's naturally doing that. So I've had really good feedback around that one. Um, the other thing is temperature of the room. So they say actually that like a cooler room is better to sleep in than a warm room. So looking at the temperature of your room, looking at, you know, your blankets and your sheets, are you comfortable? Like go above and beyond. Like we spend a lot of time in bed. Well, I don't know. Some people do. They have the luxury of it. I don't, but <laughs> we spend <laughs> We spend enough time in our beds that we should be having good pillows, good mattresses, good sheets. Make it enjoyable. Make it a sensory experience. It's also your time to nourish yourself and and be restored and kind of like really just like sink into the day. So me, I'm like a pillow fanatic. Give me all the pillows in the world. Support my body where it needs to be supported. Support the parts that hurt. You know, um, get yourself comfortable. Like so, so I I really encourage you to pay attention to those things. When was the last time you replaced your pillow? Um, You can use uh, essential oils to, you know, like lavender is a really great one, um, just to kind of create the calming effects before bed in your room, all those kinds of things. Use a salt lamps just to to kind of uh, enhance a bit of that nighttime feel and dull all the bright lights in your room. You can start to do little things like that, just to create a really nice calm environment, Right.
0: And I think that, because that's, as we wrap this up here, that's, that's kind of the big thing is you want to find out, it's like all this stuff, what kind of works for you, but when it comes to your sleep, calmer is better. Technology is pretty bad. you know. And again, like watch your diet and, and see how your day's been. If you've had a stressful day, take the steps to chill out before you go to sleep. Otherwise you carry that stressful day with you into your bedtime. You'll be awake longer. And when you sleep, you won't be so rested.
1: Yeah. And you'll be just a total asshole in the morning. Like how many people are just so moody because they're just tired. They're tired. Our kids are the perfect example of this. Like one of mine had a massive meltdown yesterday, again, new to kindergarten right now. And she was just exhausted, but she was a jerk. (laughs) She was so mean and just like, Biggest tantrum. And I was like, you just need to get to bed. Like, we just need to get you some sleep. And she was a different gal this morning, you know? So, us adults are no different, right? We just override it or project or make different excuses for all of that. But yeah, I really encourage you if you're having trouble losing weight, building muscle, some of those things we tend to put a little bit more priority on, right? Really start looking at your sleep and see whether that's actually impairing your ability to build in some of those fitness areas as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, that was another great chat, Jolene.
1: Bradley, I hope you have a good sleep tonight, Jason.
0: I, I hope you do as well. Actually, we'll touch base tomorrow and see if any we applied anything we learned here today and uh, see what happens. But until next week, when we got more Integrateness Podcasts for you, I'm Jason.
1: I'm Jolene. Sleep Sweet well. <laughs>